Welcome to the Marshall Pruitt Podcast. You're catching up with series. Who do we have? We have our man Scott Dixon making his 20th start at the Rolex 24 at Daytona. Also getting ready to pursue his 7th NTT IndyCar Series Championship with the Chip Ganassi Racing Team. Sat down with Dixie for, I don't know, 10-15 minutes, something like that, here at the Roar Before the 24 in Daytona. And so, let's say a big, quick thank you to Cooper Tires, the Justice Brothers, and TorontoMotorsports.com for supporting all that we do here on our show. And let's get rolling with our man, Dixie, Scott Dixon. 20 years. This is your 20th anniversary, Dixie, racing at the Rolex 24 Daytona. I guess it is. It was my first year, 04, I guess. Yeah. 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 Which was kind of a late deal, I think. Um, who was that with? Pappas and uh, Pruitt. Yeah. And uh, I think it rained for about 19 hours of the 24, and we had no wipers, and we had no uh, defrost. I think we had a pole with a rag on it we had to wipe the screen with. Huh. It's quite entertaining. I think I did about six hours under caution on that race. Yeah, you did uh, You did the really hard work there, yeah. uh, kind of sleeping a little bit under caution. It was cold. I remember it was cold. You won four times, so that was the main thing I want to talk about. Just basically... You're accustomed to losing. Why are you so terrible at your... Yeah, it's not a really good stat, that one. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I guess you think about the times that were kind of the, the misses. Um, but the team, you know, had done extremely well. I know a lot of those times the the, the team car won, uh, which was which was huge for, for everybody involved. But, um, yeah, it's, it's a tough race, man. There's no doubt about it. I think even the ones that we won were maybe not expected and kind of came from a, a good deficit. Uh, but, you know, goes the old story of just trying to keep it clean, man, and, and uh, getting there at the end, and that's that's not always an easy thing. So you had this debut here in 2004, but that's not your first sports car race, though, right? Didn't you do, like, Petit Le Mans, a Ferrari or something? Yeah, 99, I think, with Stefan. Uh, was it with maybe Jim Matthews as well and a Ferrari 333 SP? So, wow. yeah, for me it was, like, uh, just crazy, and the fact that I was... I was driving that car uh, in that era and just, uh, you know, how cool that was. Obviously, I'd, I'd only done Indy Lights uh, for that season and, and to, to be, you know, called up to do that. Obviously, there was a, a link with Stefan already with driving for his uh, Indy Lights team and, and management contract and things like that. But it was uh, it was cool. We didn't finish the race. I think there was some starter motor issue or something that uh, that we didn't continue on. But that's a, a very iconic car and... and uh, quite cool to say that that was my first uh, sports car uh, experience why don't we come back to daytona 2004 because when i think of that era it's just into this brand new daytona prototype era you've driven amazing p2 cars p1 that 2009 acura arx o2a which our mate dario Franchitti i think rates as the sports car he hated most um You've raced a lot of prototypes. I did want to just go back to that early Daytona prototype era. You're IndyCar champ, badass, all these things accustomed to the highest speed vehicles. What's it like getting into a Daytona prototype in those early days? There wasn't a lot of super positive stuff about them, but it seemed like you could rag the hell out of them. I thought they were a really fun car, to be honest. Like, I think it was still a tube frame, kinda, yeah. you know, chassis, and, and, you know, you had a sequential gearbox, and, you know, you kind of had to heel and toe, and, and like, you know, some of the fun power. stuff, you know. But it, it was actually a really car, a really fun car to drive. You could really push it 
uh, obviously still you know being a 24-hour race you know reliability was was an issue but um, you know for for me it was definitely very different from from you know the Ferrari 333 SP but uh, quite a, an intro I think to you know Daytona and the history of, of Daytona 24-hour itself uh, and to be a part of it and, and I think through that period of time 04 to 06 there was crazy entries, man. I mm. thought one year we had almost 80 cars or something that were entered to the race, which, you know, 30 of those were prototypes or yeah. something stupid. <laughs> like, it was it was nuts, you know. So, uh, I don't know. I really, I've got a lot of fond memories of that era, man. It was really cool. Like, and it was a fun, a really fun car to drive. That's what I remember. Again, 500 horse, tube frame. Again, these aren't million mile an hour prototypes. But you guys proved for 24 hours, we're going to beat the living hell out of each other. And you get out just dog tired i mean that told everyone you're working hard you are but i think it also brought back the fact that you know and it's probably not the right thing to say now because of all the technology coming into the sport but you know it was a simple car uh but provided fantastic racing you know you could kind of bang each other it was you know one of those things where it was easy to fix it was quite simple you know if something broke you get the car back out there uh whereas now you know you kind of need a you know a satellite link to you know start the car and you know it's 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 very complicated and if you have one problem the kind of knock-on process can be kind of crazy so it would definitely be interesting this year just to see you know how many of these gdps actually finish you know you might you might be wanting to to be in an lmp2 this year but um that's the fun part of it too is obviously the technology and and how intricate a lot of the systems are and trying to figure out the drivability as well is is pretty is pretty fun so 20th start here coming up which is phenomenal four wins you and i did a feature a couple years ago i think it was on the anniversary of your 2006 win with uh good old crazy casey mears and danny boy give me thoughts about that brother those are some special folks i know that you had you know obviously you and dan great love for each other but i know how much you you have a passion for that year and that victory that was a special one yeah i you know those um those years were, were very different to the the coming with a OEM. Um, you know, you were kind of maybe the third car that was added on. You kind of maybe had a misfit group of people. Uh, it was a little more relaxed. You know, obviously you're still going there to win, but I think the amount of pressure, there just wasn't any. You yeah. know, we, we, we just wanted to, you know, see what happened, do the best that we could. Um, there was probably a, middle, a lot more socializing going on, you know, uh, at bars and stuff locally in Daytona before that race and things like that. And, and um, you know, it's definitely one of my fond, fondest memories of, of racing at this place just because of, you know, who the driver lineup was and, and the amount of fun that we did uh, kind of leading up to that race. So, um, yeah, it was that was cool, man. And I think we had, I think I actually had a late race drive-through penalty. I think I hit the Red Bull car and cut their tire and then <laughs> it was kind of all mayhem, but it, 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 it luckily worked out and, and I think that started kind of somewhat of the the crazy success that you know Chip and the team yeah. had here there's nothing like needing bodyguards in victory lane for all the yeah. other teams that want to come get I remember that back. hotel afterwards and, and they were all grumpy and yeah but that's that's part of it yeah. fun and games two more things Dicks, then we gotta let you go you drove DPI era IMSA cars here highly refined lot of aero bits and pieces to just make the car sing everyone that i've spoken with who drove throughout the dpi era especially towards the end said these things are just perfected they're beautiful to drive loved them not saying the new gtp cars are bad to drive not saying any of that but not all the aero bits to make everything perfect and whatnot for folks who don't know 
Describe the drive, what you have to do that's different behind the steering wheel in this lower downforce GTP car, heavier GTP car, more power and such, different creature, still getting some joy out of it. Yeah, you know, as a driver, you want more power, more downforce, you know, and, and everything that comes with it, you know, with, with just performance, but, also, you know, the braking gets better, you know, the acceleration's better. Um, so turning to this year, it's basically the opposite of that. You know, you've got less power uh, or maybe power to weight ratio. The power's probably pretty similar. You know, the car's significantly heavier. Uh, it's got a lot less downforce. So it's, uh, you know, so far I think where we're, there's so much low-hanging fruit and in, in gains of, you know, whether it's reliability or getting the car to run that you're kind of chasing opposed to just chasing performance at the moment, at least from our standpoint, um, which is the fun part because you're being part of the process to get the drivability better. You know, the, 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 the DPI that I drove uh, with, with Cadillac for the last few years uh, with Wayne Taylor or, or Ganassi, you know, those were pretty defined. You know, I've been doing the, the Ford GT program for four years in GT and, and hadn't really experienced the development of that. So to be at the starting line of this, I guess, and the technology that is involved and, and just the, the, the most amazing and cool part is just what they've done to attract all these manufacturers. Like this is a huge part and a huge time for, for sports car racing around the world, man. It's it's going to be a, a great era to be a part of. Related to that, all the team managers I've spoken with, all the race strategists I've spoken with, they've all said with this new maximum stint energy approach, right? You have not only the liquid fuel in the tank, but also the, uh, the, the hybridized engine, this electrification. They've all told me more than ever the ability for someone like a Scott Dixon who can make speed without having to lay into that throttle pedal all the time super hard could actually have the greatest effect even within one car we could see a driver really stand out turn a what might be a 28 lap stand or 27 for someone else 28 29 do you enjoy that aspect knowing that yet again here's a place where maybe you can exercise some of your unique skills yeah there's a skill set uh but, you know, I think unfortunately these days is that, you know, everything is monitored so much, uh, whether it's, you know, by video or data or how you approach, you know, even, even you know, video of the cars and ghosting the car and, you know, just seeing how that, that time is gained or captured or even the, you know, the energy saving. Um, it gets a little bit easier for each driver to kind of copy that, at least in your own kind of uh, ecosystem. So, you know, uh, that's that's uh, that's definitely one thing you have to chase. But I think more so for us, it will be, you know, on the IMSA side or the GTP side, it's more of an automated system. Mm, so, yeah, yeah. you know, you're fine-tuning how that works. So that kind of process is a little bit different to maybe the IndyCar where it really is just relying on, you know, uh, your feet and, and, you know, style as such or even setting up the car to how you achieve that. Um, the difference for me is I'm... I'm kind of like the spare wheel, right? I'm the, th I'm the third driver, so I try to give a little bit of input, input and, and try and help, you know, the program. Uh, and, and I guess mostly for me, it's trying not to mess it up for the yeah. other guys. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, the process has been a lot of fun and, and just getting into the technical side of, you know, how they've evolved this category, I think is, you know, very important for the future of the sport. Let's close on this. So we're going to be here for another week and a couple of days. Then we're all going to blast out my way to California for spring training. IndyCar season getting really, really close. New race engineer. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Ross, Ross Bonnell within the Dale Coyne racing team, they all referred to him as just 
giant brain, great kid, superstar, big future. Then he goes and signs with you, and his whole career is headed down the drain, dicks. But <laughs> kidding aside, you've worked with phenomenal race engineers throughout your career, obviously won a lot of titles. No, you haven't had a chance to do a bunch on track yet with Ross, but tell us about this new relationship, this kid, how things going. Yeah, still very new. Like, honestly, I think we've tried to catch up for dinner a couple of times and, and that hasn't even worked out. But uh, once we get through, you know, kind of Daytona and then and then focus, you know, on the, on the, on the IndyCar season, that, that that will definitely kick off. But, um, you know, definitely had, uh, you know, some calls and, and, and trying to understand, you know, the approach best for the season. Obviously, thermal uh, open test is going to be big for that and just trying to find our feet. But, you know, even the short conversations we've had so far, it's been, um, you know, really interesting to... You know, see his approach, uh, which is always different, I think, for a team like ours, where it's a lot of the time promoted from within or, you know, you kind of live in your own ecosystem again of of, of the process for one, but also, you know, set up and everything like that. So just to, to see an outsider's view of what they've learned or... or or what he finds is is best for, for him uh, is is really refreshing. Um, so yeah, uh, it's it's. I'm looking forward to it, man. I'm looking forward to the season. There was definitely, I think, in in postseason last year, a lot of things that we saw that we were doing wrong and and maybe didn't have enough attention uh, put on, uh, which will be big gains in the areas that we needed to. So, um, man, I'm only I'm only here to win. So uh, that's all that matters to me. As long as Ross wants to win, as long as everybody on the team wants to win, I, I don't care what else goes on. I just want to go out there and try and win, man. You rallied hard uh, to close the season for sure. i got to let you go here in one sec. Other quick aspect about the IndyCar team, haven't had this kind of driver change from year to year. Both Kanon and, and Jimmy got Marcus Armstrong coming in, Takuma Sato coming in. I know you get focused on your own program, uh, but how does onboarding or welcoming uh, one totally new driver and uh, someone who's been a veteran, does any of that, and you talk about ecosystem, does any of that adjust yours or influence yours or you stay pretty locked down on uh, the on the yeah. program yeah i think you stay pretty locked down in 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 some sense but but obviously you want to have a great team relationship too you know so it's it's definitely been interesting i think over the last kind of you know last season with all that was going on and then and then also with with uh, the changes that that we've seen um you know sato will be somebody that i've never worked with before same with uh, with marcus um two dirty kiwis on yeah, the team a lot of, is a lot that of even kiwis, legal a lot of kiwis man where they're, they're starting you got mclaughlin and there's three of us you know so the goal is to to have a, a podium lockout at some point all kiwi yeah. you know um so that yeah I, i'm looking forward to it you know sato um you know he's a hard racer on track and and uh you know I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to working with him. He's a, he's a great guy. Obviously, I need you know know that from off track stuff. Um, but you know, I think it's it's he's going to be a great fit and a seamless fit. And, and uh, you know, I think with what Marcus has done in his past and and you know um, you know what he's got to come, I think is going to be huge for the team too. So looking forward to it, man. Thanks, Dix. Cheers.